0: Welcome to the new Cyber Frontier, bringing you the latest news, trends, and hottest topics that focus on advances in cybersecurity and cyber industry economics. Our expert yet down to earth hosts make cybersecurity straightforward. They ask the tough questions and make this challenging topic something that everyone can understand. Our candid approach lets guests open up on topics we would all like to see addressed. You can find us on the web at newcyberfrontier.com. That's www.newcyberfrontier.com. Now join today's host as he introduces the topic for today's New Cyber Frontier.
1: Welcome to today's episode of New Cyber Frontier. On today we have Wayne Lonstein. Who is the CEO of VFT Solutions and a anti privacy or piracy attorney? Is that that's the other part of the background, right? Yeah. Well, thanks thanks for joining today, Wayne, um, and good to have you on. I think uh, this is definitely going to be an interesting conversation because anti piracy is big on everybody's mind right now and uh as well as privacy so we'll hopefully get there but wayne give us a little bit about your background how did you get to where you're at
2: uh, well first of all uh chris thanks so much for having me today it's a pleasure and i enjoyed uh, just our brief introductory uh talk i'm uh, an attorney of 35 years hopefully recovering in that i'm learning new skills <laughs> so once i saw the digitization of everything i said you know uh It's not just going to be law books and courts so i better learn some new skills so i went back and got a couple degrees uh, in cyber cyber forensics homeland security and just said about the transition of protecting clients content as it transitioned uh, from terrestrial broadcast television cable and satellite to digitization online and really what i kind of thought would be and it seems to have worked out that way i didn't know how the democratization of content consumption. So, uh, if you will, in the old days, I'm kind of a little more gray haired than you. So, perhaps, uh, <laughs> you know, there was a theater with a ticket taker. There was a stadium with turnstiles. You needed a ticket. Uh, there was a cable box or a sound. You needed some security. Mm-hmm. Uh, and once smartphones and social media came with live media on March 26, 2015, I said, you know, Meerkat and Periscope have something. I'm not sure if it's good, bad. It's probably a little of both, like everything in the world, right? There are no really absolutes. So I set about working on technology that would first study, is there a problem? You know, it's a great hypothesis, but if it doesn't pan out, you know, what did it mean? And uh, so we built technology to start documenting just on the public-facing information, you know, what was being watched, what was being streamed, how long did it last, how many people watched it, and was it popular? Um, and we stopped counting at 25 billion viewers of social media streams of intellectual property of sports and concerts, and I was like, okay, uh, okay, now what? So that's where we are today, just refining that process and learning all the time. You know, every day – is a new discovery of what's streaming on social media. And our first big launch of our technology um, involved the Mayweather-McGregor fight, Mm -hmm. where uh, we identified 131 million views of the match during the course of the event. People say, well, they're not unique, whatever. I said, you know, I'm not here to take a position I'm just saying, does it matter if you die from one bullet wound or 131 million little bullet wounds? You know, content distribution has to change. So uh, it's not just piracy anymore. We really look at it organically and holistically. We think that this is a medium people are now used to consuming on and brands and sports leagues and everybody really need to embrace that change. And how are we gonna meet? It's somewhere in the middle of the meet. And, you know, so that's where we are. That's kind of what I do.
1: The democratization of data, I, I was that that phrase, you know, I honed in on that to say, what is give me an, a deeper explanation of what you mean by that and, and, and what you see the, the changes.
2: Yeah, you know, it's amazing. Um, it, I did an article on Forbes Tech Council, I think, last year after I read a study at Harvard where 95 to 97% of the LLM, which is a master's program in in law, Mm -hmm. uh, studying from all over the world took a survey and said, you know, we believe there is no inherent problem with sharing digital content without payment. Let's hold on a minute.
1: We're gonna hear from our sponsors. I wanna come back and right there, pick up and talk about that. We'll be right back.
0: Cyber Resilience Institute helps build strong cyber communities designed to prevent members from attack. Like building a neighborhood watch, it takes coordination and a sharing community to protect our identities and valuables in the virtual world. Typically, we hear that organizations know they need to do something to protect their cyber assets, but don't know where to begin. Let Cyber Resilience Institute help your community create an action plan. Cyber Resilience Institute will build your community or business marketplace so that it is designed to support a collective cyber defense. Contact them for more information at cyberresilienceinstitute.org.
1: Welcome back to New Cyber Frontier. On today with Wayne Lonstein, who is uh, an anti-piracy attorney, uh, among other things. And that's what we were kind of honing in on before the break of the democratization of data. And you ended right before the break saying, most people think there's no problem with this. Go on from there and explain why there's no problem with it and who is most people would be my first question.
2: That's, a, that's, that, that's the amorphous sort of side of things. So most people are general, generationally what I'm referring to. Uh, when I grew up, Uh, I knew that I had to pay in the candy store. Mm -hmm. That was just the relationship. But that was because we were in a brick-and-mortar world, okay? I take the candy. I get slapped. It hurts. I go, okay, ouch. The concept of the online personality is there's much more perception of anonymity. And that's uh, really a field developed by Dr. John Suler at Ryder University. He did a great paper in 2004 saying, basically, Because what you do online has three possible results. The most likely is nothing. Nobody ever says anything, does anything. Let's say you take a download and maybe somebody writes you a letter six months later if you read it. And then, of course, the disasters such as when the recording industry started suing individuals, you know, was just not the way to go. So when people when I say democratization, everybody has a phone. Everybody has what they say is free technology through social media, although quite candidly, I would argue we all have a, um, a digital uh, sort of intellectual property of each of us that perhaps someday days uh, somebody will go back to social media and data companies and say, hey, you owe me a rev share on what you're monetizing, my, my particular drug habit or food habit, you know, be that as it may. But so people are used now to sharing more freely information online and then going to social media. You look at YouTube, um, Periscope, which is owned by Twitter, Facebook, and now the gaming sites, which are also proliferating, content being shared. So this generation thinks that democratization or sharing of content, there's nothing wrong with it. And some will say, listen, I paid for it. Why can't I share it with my friend? And, you know, that's a pretty good argument, right? I mean, at what point do we go from like with Netflix access controls? You know, how many accounts can you legitimately have your brother, your sister? Um, it, it, it's just one of those things that I hit the button, but uh, it's one of those things that's not settled yet. But what concerned me, I, don't, I wouldn't say concern, what alarmed me alerted me to uh, this democratization is when a prestigious school like Harvard and that study was made. I was like, wow, these are tomorrow's legislators, judges, uh, corporate executives. And I'm like, okay, this is really fascinating. So I wrote a piece on that. You know, our social mores, mores are changing online. Mm-hmm. And, and that's evolution, all right? Technology is going to rapidly change evolution of how we do things and our societal mores and online behavior i mean i look at you know i get savage all the time if i say something Mm -hmm. you know because unlike you and i talking eye to eye which i love the online world has very little of that and so it's an asymmetric relationship and what happens on social media and democratization is people say well i have the right to say whatever i want and Mm -hmm. to take whatever i want maybe you do maybe you don't but right now there's really no structure to police that Using so that it,
1: yeah. that's interesting. So it, no structure to police that. The direction is just uncontrollable. What is the value of content? I mean, and this is something I've struggled with even with what we're doing is trying to identify what the value of our shows on New Cyber Frontier are. Try to find, you know, what is it the engagement type of thing. But if somebody makes one piece of information podcasts or whatever, what's really the value behind that? Because there's so many other things out there. It seems like if, if you try to charge one penny, you're, you're just no longer listened to. What what do you think about that trend and and how do we get a value to content? Does it ever change? Does it just keep on the race to zero?
2: That's, you know, Chris, what a wonderful question. So A, I don't have an answer any more than you do but I'll just go back and I love to study history. All right. Steve Wynn once said, when people asked him about casino behavior, would people go to these things and take their kids to Las Vegas? He says, and it was basically a PT Barnum sort of argument. The American people will like what I tell them to like, because I will present it in a message that's alluring. So I guess that message is uh, value is in perception. What is the consumer willing to value you at? And without... Any sort of um, organic understanding, and this goes back to that Harvard study, if organically people believe everything is for free, and rightfully so, I don't think you can can charge for anything. That's a concern. Okay, that will stifle the creative process. I have been at many anti-piracy conventions. I've talked numerous times, met studio executives who say, listen, we're just not going to invest in the... Uh, big budget film because we don't think between piracy and everything else we can recoup it Mm -hmm. so that suggests something doesn't it it suggests that there's a a a very slippery slope On and my concern and i argue this like i'm yelling in the wind but i guess nobody listens but thank thankfully you are (laughs) um the content owners and creators are looking for a soft landing and i by that i mean cable bundles right you know $30 $30 movies. Uh, you know, Steve jobs in, in, in developing iTunes, it was an article in the time saying, don't let the album be the enemy of the song. Okay. So I think that's the path, right? So do you is think a la that carte consumption? Do you think that
1: companies support this race to zero? Um, example, uh, if you publish a book, you, the only place to really go is Amazon, right? Everything's yep. online. Uh, and, uh, 300 copies of a book will sell I know this from exam from from my personal experience and they say that they've sold three wow. um so there I there's no nothing to do but just believe them but you can well, see that the, yeah. the the overall and, and what they say is oh that's resale that's old books being sold that's whatever and there's the companies that that are having these platforms are kind of enabling this
2: behavior. Um, The word net in the entertainment business law, Uh you know, the artists will get net 8% of profits after we pay all these expenses. And net was always like this amazingly infinitesimal number. Um, it's a great thing, and let me just add, uh, Chris, to your if you've written, I have not. I've written books that are on Amazon textbooks, five of them, with a group uh, out of Kansas State on drone, and we actually uh, because they're educational, go through the new Prairie Press, Prairie Press uh, at Kansas State, which is a free download, but we also sell the hardcover on Amazon, trying to bridge, you know, the free. If you want the hardcover, you want to take notes. You can't very well do that on, on the hard book. So <clears throat> that is the essence of social media companies and big tech that you hit on, is technology is inherently non-transparent. And we're now seeing that with algorithms, with uh, you know the disputes with the, uh, uh, the Federalist and Zero Hedge being delisted, de-advertised. My question to you is this, Do we need a cyber Magna Carta? Okay. Are there individual rights? Is there a court to go to? No. When I get banned for something I do on Periscope, which may be protecting one of my client's properties, let's say there's a fight going on and we have patented technology where we can automatically insert messages into the chat saying, hey, listen, I know you're enjoying this. I represent the rights holder. Go here and you can buy it. And at least try to manage that who becomes the victim they shut me down so they're enabling that piracy so there's zero transparency all right and without transparency there's zero confidence you have no confidence that you're getting a true story right
1: yeah let's hold that and we'll come back after we hear from our sponsors be right back Welcome back to New Cyber Frontier on today talking with Wayne Lonstein. And uh, we were talking right before the break about how there's no transparency in technology. And totally agreed. Um, I know even people that have YouTube channels and they say, you know, you get 100,000 hits and we start to pay you some money for your sponsorships, I think, or for ads on there, right? But at the same time, you have to take their word of all those metrics. Does there need to be some kind of policing of this?
2: I don't know that the policing is the word. We established my company, VFT Solution, as a neutral. Mm -hmm. to monitor, how many were watching, what they were doing. It's got to be outside the walls of Santa Clara or Menlo Park. The mistake, in my opinion, is big tech can't be the judge, jury, and executioner. And if they have ultimate control, and this is, I wrote an article in 2017, glad to share it with you, about our social media companies using terms of service, Mm -hmm. support piracy, allow crime, uh, and other nefarious things. Maybe not ill-intentioned, but they're certainly hiding behind it. And that comes back to Section 230 of the uh, Communications Decency Act, which is, you know, they're exempt, right, because they're not a publisher, quote, unquote, so they have no liability for what happens on there. So really, let's go back. Congress has given them a blank check, right, Mm -hmm. saying, YouTube, you can do whatever you want right now because you have no liability. And without a neutral court, and I've argued actually for a cyber small claims court for government, Mm -hmm. I think that would really be helpful where the ordinary citizen could make, you know, an arbitration or something like that. With a set of judges who are technology savvy in the particular subject matter.
1: Ah and now
2: that's the that's the difficult
1: thing to find, though, right?
2: That goes back to that Harvard article. Those judges may have a preconceived notion, right? That all digital content is to be shared. We are in such such a challenging time, right? Every issue we try and discuss leads to another issue. It's it's really a Pandora's box. If you think it through, um, and I don't have the answer other than to say um, we have to do better yeah, and we have to be transparent. And um, the problem is, if you think about it, the very people who own stock in all these companies may very well be the victims of this lack of transparency, okay? Hmm. And, you know, I, I think we have a, a, a human responsibility to call for more. And I will tell you, you know, I know we're getting late in the game. We do a lot on social media about crime, guns, brutality. We pick up those streams. The answer on social media companies with live streams is something they don't like out there that may be good for police or bad for police or help a victim of brutality is erase it. So now we're talking in something that was put out in the public. And then they say, well, our terms of service don't allow that. You cannot have technology companies making those decisions because what it does is it then gets into well apple's not going to help uh decrypt an iphone of somebody in the san bernardino shooting and people may die yes government may be able to abuse that that process and power i get it we certainly see that but at the same time who's uh, what set of ethics are appropriate for these companies to follow and i think Part of that's a maturation process. The question is, can we survive the learning process, you know, as a society? And hopefully we will. And hopefully, you know, people like you and, and many others will. We need to talk. We need to listen to each other, right? We okay. don't do that very well anymore.
1: So if you were king for the day, how would you, what would you put into action to either help, support, enable, protect?
2: What would you do? First thing I would do is after two communications of any sort online that are tempting to lead or going in the wrong directions mandate they jump on some sort of face-to-face technology and have an eye-to-eye discussion. Let's get the humanity back in technology. It's just, you know, it's just too much and and it's not just technology. I don't want to just blame technology. I watch any news channel. I can't even watch anymore. I'm watching re- reruns of Happy days, just for something. (laughs) Every minute since 9-11 has been the Chiron warning, warning, you know, news alert. Everything's an emergency. So we've become tone deaf to what really matters. And our adrenaline is constantly hyped. And in this age of democratized content, right, every creator of content says, I have to be more outrageous. I have to be more, uh, you know, compelling. So those views come up. And I get that, but when it comes to a shooter at the Parkland School, that turns into, I have to be more outrageous in what I do and what trails I've left online. And so that's my biggest concern. If I was king for the day, I would convene um, a study group of stakeholders and not from DC and not from California, a small group with some uh, folks like you, everyday people and say, First thing, how is this affecting you? And let's go from there. Let's start with the small part. And let's get away from big tech assuming they know what's best for us. And maybe we should tell them what we need. And then somewhere in the middle it will make sense to everybody. I hope.
1: Yeah, interesting. So you have some technology that does something in this area. Explain the the inner workings or how what what that does and why you think it was thought it was needed.
2: Well, as I said, going back to piracy, our technology, when I went back to 2015, I said, you know, somewhere behind Twitter, Meerkat, Facebook, and YouTube, and what's going on with this live streaming, and live streaming is really where I'm focused. I always equate it to the Wizard of Oz. Somewhere there's somebody with a handle running, some old guy with a handle, and the dog's going to expose him behind the curtain, and that's certainly what's going on. But I started to see massive piracy. I mean, in my opinion, what has happened with social media and uh, content is the greatest theft of the intellectual property of all time. It's amazing, uh, and it's done by publicly traded company. Whether it's intentional or not, I can't say. And theft may not be the word. Maybe it's a negligent borrowing. But then I hear the story about you know the book remittances. Where is the accountant in that process? And I mean the neutral accountant. Okay. So we went in and said. We're going to build technology that emulates what a human being on the outside. We don't want any access from Facebook. In other words, we're going to recreate a human so we can see what the human sees, how they search for pirated content. Mm-hmm. And that's what we did. And we, we built technology to count how many people were watching it, what were the most popular types of content. And we've been working with a number of very prestigious universities to study this, to say, okay, let's study what's going on here so that we can come back with some suggestions. So quietly, there is a group out there, and I'm part of it, uh, using technology to make informed decisions. Mm -hmm. And hopefully the technology will do that. And as I mentioned, we have a patent on technology which allows us to insert messages into the chat streams. Now be that as it may, in many cases, many of the platforms are probably uh, actually uh, infringing on that technology. Mm-hmm. It's very simple, but we have the process patent, so, you know, and nobody's ever come back to me and say stop because, uh, you know, they really don't want you to know what's going on, where the accountant sits in the back end. So uh, that's what the technology is for. We've been using it uh, to help document every sort of things from youth crime to drugs to human trafficking. Mm-hmm. Uh, so this,
1: does this do like image recognition kind of uh, AI no, type things? No, no.
2: It's built on the KISS principle. Keep it simple, stupid. That's what my dad said to me. Mm
1: -hmm. All right?
2: Look at it. Search for what people are searching for. Find out what's important. We don't have to, you know, these are things that are in the public forum. So Mark Zuckerberg once wrote, you know, I believe this is a social speaker's corner, Facebook. And I agree with that. But as Churchill said, you know, if you're going to, say things, you have to be prepared to hear things that are going to be not to your liking. Mm
1: -hmm.
2: And then what are you going to do, right? Then what are you going to do? you Are going to respect the other people? Are you going to bully them? Right now, we're in a period of horrible bullying on all sides where words are now becoming uh, illegal. And there's a a scary sort of scenario, well, comparison that I look at in the early 1930s uh, with what was going on in Germany at that point. You know, when words are starting to become catchphrases and people are being, um, you know, called out for opinions, that's that's um, concerning. So yeah. we use it for all those purposes. Um, we're a startup, but we also protect people's con- uh, content. Mm-hmm. I don't know where it goes, but I hope it goes to a place that betters people uh, and doesn't target people. And that's why we don't use the image. We don't need it. Why do I need to invade somebody's image? If they put it out there, you look at the video, you come to your determination. I mean, it's before your eyes. So, why make it so complex, right? And uh, if somebody wants to yell in the public square, I'm going to kill somebody, at VFT, we believe we have, and we do send that video that we uncover to police or an authority. So, you do, because we think with authorities on that. We are a good Samaritan. We don't do it for pay right now. We do it because we believe it's right and nobody's doing it. And authorities are being victimized by many laws that say we are not going to cooperate with law enforcement. Anymore. You've read that. That scares me because big tech has chosen sides. And I get privacy, but privacy and anarchy can look extremely, extremely similar hmm. as we go down this path. And I don't have the answers, Chris. I wish yeah. I did. But I I know that we're in a place where we have our hearts in the right place. Does it mean we'll never make mistakes? Of course not. But I think we need a good Samaritan law online for tech companies that they can't just know it's there because they know everything that's there mm-hmm. and then erase it. Yeah, That's not okay.
1: So what do you think about uh, uh technology like blockchain, where we might be able to put some visibility to it. Because I think some of the problem isn't that um, people, it's a, you're not going to get caught. We can't classify it. We can't say who's doing what. We just have, there's no way to do that. And I think maybe there's some technology with uh, privacy and even uh, like blockchain that, that'll bring that type of capability to identify who's doing what in the future.
2: Yeah, um, you know, that's an interesting technology. I, I've sat through a number of courses on blockchain, especially as it comes to piracy and cinematics. Uh, and and talking about, you know, as I mentioned to you earlier, I mean, my cryptography professor um, at Syracuse said to me, listen, I like the concept of blockchain. I think it has a lot of wheels. But again, anything, especially a community-rated sort of technology, hmm as good as the model may be, we have to be prepared that somebody's just a little bit better. Like there's never going to be a perfect. So I embrace blockchain, I embrace new technologies, but don't throw out your hard security practices, your medical notes, okay, your bank account. I, I'm not a big fan of uh, you know just throwing out the baby with the bathwater. Yeah. We need hard brick and mortar, and we need that marriage to happen. Instead of, you know, selling the sizzle, we talked about uh, with technology, video technology, you know, selling the sizzle or selling, we should say, the uh, vulnerability
1: mm-hmm. as a
2: negative against another competitor. Yeah. And so we need uh, balance. And right now we're out of balance, I think, in my opinion. That would be my takeaway is we're out of balance. We need to get some balance and transparency. And then let's go from there.
1: All right. So we're kind of reaching the end of time. So in closing, anything you want to get out for our audience, uh, how they can get in touch with you, what types of services you offer, go ahead and do so.
2: Oh, sure. You know, it's uh, www. That's the old stuff. VFT, Victor, Frank, Thomas, solutions.com. Uh, we monitor content. We see who's pirating. In fact, when you mentioned uh, audiobooks. There's a little another sort of problem here why people aren't being paid for their books is because on certain huge social media platform, people are reading and making their own audiobook book uh, readings and then advertising on them. So you never know that you were victimized as an author. And uh, so we do all that sort of surveying. We call it VFT, Snap, and we give people and content owners a snapshot of what may be going on with their product or service online.
1: All right. Well, thanks for joining today. Uh, It's definitely been a pleasure, Wayne, and uh, this is an interesting topic to me, and I hope to have more conversations, uncover more, and I would hope that some of your desires become a reality in the future because I think I am uh, right on board with agreement that uh, this is a, a problem that is just literally unaddressed
2: yeah and um i appreciate your open-mindedness you know candid face-to-face discussion is really important mm-hmm. and uh, if we can get some transparency back chris it's a good place to start and uh, i think good intentions are a good place to start so thank you it was a privilege talking to you i hope to talk to you again and uh um i i, I too share your uh, sentiments all right. so be safe and let's let's all take care of ourselves a little better
1: All right. Thanks for joining today. Have a great day.
2: No worries. Bye.
0: Thank you for listening to New Cyber Frontier. Remember to follow or like our post and circulate each new show to your networks. We keep you informed, bring you the latest news, explore new trends, and find the hottest topics. With New Cyber Frontier, you don't have to be a computer or cybersecurity expert. Just get plugged in. We encourage you to get involved. Tell us what topics interest you and join our mailing lists. You can find us on the web at www.newcyberfrontier.com. That's newcyberfrontier.com. Check out our previous interviews and please let us know if there are any topics that you would like to hear discussed. See you next time on New Cyber Frontier.